On the topic of the home is what we'll be speaking on tonight. I'd like to give you a few thoughts on the secret of parenting and grandparenting. Uh, but let me say a couple things before we get started. I am not the model father. I am not the model parent. But I'm sure glad that we have a book and we have a God and we have an older generation that is trying to do their best to pass on to us what we need to carry that on to our children. As I was thinking of, of what to speak on, my family and I, we were driving towards Buda and talking about paint colors for a house. And I've got this silly color fan like I know what I'm doing. And, you know, there's a lot of colors there and there's a lot of choices and as you sift through those, there's ones you obviously don't want. And then there's some you're considering. And then there's so many variations of every color. It'll blow your mind. it blow your eyes out of their sockets trying to figure out the, the tint of all these things. And as we're driving by this one development, a house caught my attention. I thought, I like that color. And so we whipped the car back around and I acted like I knew what I was doing, and I pulled into a neighborhood that just putting in the first houses, and you can tell it's a master-planned uh, community there. And so I'm sneaking around, trying to figure out what colors the model home is up, and just a few homes, and so I pull up, and I pull out the color fan. Amen? <laughs> I'm a contractor. And so I'm <clears throat> looking around, because I feel like I'm trespassing, and uh, I walk up, and I'm trying to match the colors. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I find the grays is what I was kind of thinking, and there's, there's so many grays. There's a lot of gray area, amen, in parenting, and so a lot of gray areas in color schemes. But So I'm there, and I thought to myself, self, you're an idiot. Ask somebody. And so I see some contractors. It's about uh, 7 o'clock or so, and they're wrapping up, and they look like painters. I guess they were painters. They had paint on their clothes. I figured that was a good start. And so I asked them in Spanish, hey, do you know the paint colors? Uh, to these houses, and of course they told me, I have no clue. They just give us the buckets and we put the paint up. You have to ask somebody else. I thought, oh man, somebody's got to help me here. And then a really nice, big, shiny truck pulled up and blocked me in, and somebody thought I looked suspicious. I don't know why they would think something like that, but I had a vehicle with a big trailer hooked up to it. Maybe they thought I was there trying to help myself to some tools and to some paint, so... Perhaps it looked a little bit suspicious. But he got out and he asked me a couple of questions. Sir, can, can we help you? Are you supposed to be here? Are you connected to a contractor here on, on my community? I said, no, sorry, I apologize if I'm trespassing. Uh, just looking for some paint colors. I know it sounds crazy. I'm trying to match <laughs> the colors here. And I obviously, I, I dressed not as a contractor uh, at any point usually, so he's looking at me like, um, okay. He said, well, what color would you like to know about? And I said, that house right there. He said, that's all you had to do. And he pulled out his laptop, and he happened to be the superintendent for the entire community. And so he pulled up the paint codes. I mean, the exact paint codes to every trim, every panel, every brick. And he said, what would you like to know? You want me to email this to you? And here you go. I thought, well, that was easy. <laughs> As I began to think about that, you know, I began to think about parenting. Parenting is a big topic. And there's so many things I'm good at and so many things that I am never good at or maybe occasionally get right when it comes to parenting. And I began to think, man, I would like to know the codes. I would like to know the secrets 
to parenting, because I certainly want my kids to love God and do right. And when they become adults, I want them to choose this life out of their own hearts. And I want to go to church with my kids and with my grandkids. And I'd like to enjoy some of that godly heritage I did not have growing up. But by God's grace, we can certainly have that. And so I began to think, God, what, what can I do? And the last uh, preface to the message would be this. You know, they used to tell me when I was in college, and we still say it now, write it down now before you have kids because you know everything now. Every college student knows about marriage and knows about life and knows about finances. But when I was a college student, I took that to heart. They said, you know everything when you're a college student. And so I could take you back to pages of notes of parenting before I ever had kids, before I ever found Miss Kendra. I was just writing stuff down and thinking to myself, God, I did not have a Christian home, but I certainly want a Christian home. And so something like tonight would apply to everybody. If you're a child, it would apply to you. If you're single, it would apply to you. If you have kids or you have grandkids, this all applies because God did give us the codes if you will, and they're eternal truths. It doesn't matter who would stand behind this pulpit. This book is, is alive, and God's moving, and I certainly need help in my family. So with all that in mind, would you stand with me for just a few minutes? We're going to share a few thoughts and then go home. The book of Job in chapter number 1, the book of Job in chapter number 1, read five verses and then we'll pray. Job chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Verse number 5, And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, It may be, it might be, that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And that last phrase we're going to focus in on tonight. Thus did Job continually... Job, we mostly know about Job and the story that he went through and the temptations that God did allow. He gave Satan permission to attack him, his family, and we know a lot of things about Job. We'll start out in verse number one. We know that Job was a concerned parent. And Christian, tonight, if you do have kids, I hope that you're a concerned parent, concerned for the welfare, the spiritual welfare of your home. I hope every mom, I hope every dad has that spiritual radar always on for your kids. Because the facts are, those kids do not have a spiritual radar when they're born, that's for sure. And they need us, and God has given those kids the right parents because they're in your household. And God said, I need you to be a little concerned. But the first thing we find that Job was concerned about was knowing God himself. Verse number one tells us that he was a perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. He had God on his Mind, And we learn later in this chapter, this was continually, this was every day. And may I say this, as a concerned parent, we first ought to be concerned about how is our walk with God? Amen. How is it that we're going to raise a generation that's going to love God and serve God and find themselves in church serving the Lord God out of their hearts if we're not walking with the Lord? And we know of cases where there's a first generation Christian, they did not have saved parents. We know that God can do all that, but... Wouldn't our kids have a better chance 
if we love God and we read our Bibles every day and we prayed every day and we were soul conscious every day, I would say Job was a concerned man, but he was first concerned with his, with his own walk with God. We find in verse number 3, he had a lot of things. He was wealthy, he was rich, but he wasn't so concerned about just all his wealth. And by the way, let me say this. I like what the Bible says about Job. It was faith, family, and then his fortune. I wonder if somebody said about your parenting, hey, what, what would you think about uh, their example? Oh, they have a lot of faith. Well, they love God. They hate evil. And I wish that was my reputation as, as a father. I wish my kids could look at me and say, he loves God and he hates evil. Or would your kids have to say, well, we hate evil like the really bad things, but we do watch some things on occasion, and we do go to some places on occasion. I hope your kids will be able to say, if you and my kids be able to say of me, he just loves God and hates evil. That's a pretty simple testimony there. But he had wealth and he had a retirement package, if you will. He was set for life. The Bible says he was the greatest in the East. He was in a great position, but none of these things were his greatest concern. We'll see how we know that in just a minute. Look at verse number five. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sat and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. We won't go there, but in the Old Testament, of course, it tells us a lot about burnt offerings. They were burnt completely. There was a certain way. There were certain types. There was a certain time of day. It was every day. Most of the time, it was morning and night. Job did this continually every day and bless his heart with 10 kids. I would say he was qualified to give me some advice because he had 10 kids. I have three kids, and that's plenty for me. If you have 10 kids, God bless you and God bless your wife, we are thrilled for you. Now, I want 10 grandkids. That would be okay for me, but raising the 10 kids? Absolutely not. And so we see that he was concerned for what was on the inside. He looked at his kids, and maybe they went to Sunday school. Maybe the, the young man sat on the front row, and he wore a tie. Maybe she had a long dress, and she was modest in fifth grade, and then eighth grade. Everything on the outside was probably just fine. We know they grew up to be adult kids, and Job was looking on the outside saying, I like what I see, and we've invested in that, and I've taught them character, and they say, yes, sir, and, and no, ma'am. Those are things we have to focus on, the things that we have to do. But at the end of the day, he was concerned for what was on the inside. What did he say? He said in verse number five, it may be. There was no obvious sin here. The, the principal didn't call him and say, hey, we, we found your kids watching something. We found a phone in their possession or they're in a relationship and we thought we might bring this to your attention. No, 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 no. These kids look really crisp and clean on the outside. They were at the youth activity. They went to Chicago at the youth conference and they heard the preaching and they went from kindergarten through 12th grade. Now they're in Bible college and they look great. Now they're getting married, they're at the age where they're looking and they're searching for their soulmate, if you will. And Job said, man, it looks great on the outside. But he was concerned about, what, what am I not seeing? And parent, if we're going to raise kids, we're going to have to not just open our eyes, but then allow God to show us things that we don't see. And by the way, that only comes through feedback. You're not going to be able to see all angles of your kids. And so the best thing that could happen to you is a teacher or a principal or a friend or a spiritual leader come and say, hey, 
I don't know if you know this about your child's spirit. I don't know if you know this. Your, the countenance of, of your daughter has is, is kind of changed. If, we're so, if we ought to be so concerned to say, God, what I can't see is what I'm concerned about. And so that's what, what Job is concerned about. He's concerned about the, the inward and the invisible and the intangible. He's concerned about the heart condition. What's going on inside that heart? Those things are revealed in the eyes, it's revealed in the countenance, it's revealed in the speech, it's revealed in the friends that they, they associate with and where they default to. But is that our concern for the inside? Not only was he a concerned parent, but he was a consecrating parent. He knew that his home was set apart. He knew that he had to make these burnt offerings. Now, we won't, it depends on how you slice and dice the numbers. Okay, numbers is just, it's a game of numbers. But if you take the verses we just read, it says there were 7,000 sheep. Burnt offerings could only be certain types of animals. It could be bulls, it could be sheep, or it could be a dove, depending on your, your economic status. If you were poor, you could offer up a bird because it was cheaper to buy. But if there were 7,000 sheep and he had 10 children and he offered one Every single day, at least every morning, the Bible says here, probably he did it twice a day. But let's go with once a day. Say, wow, Job, man, it must be nice to be Job. He's got plenty of animals and plenty of cattle and plenty of land. Must be nice. You know what Job was thinking? I'm so glad God gave me all this because it's, it's to make sure my kids turn out right. The means that he's given me, I just want to invest it in, in the future generation. So if you take 7,000 sheep, and do all the math. He's offering over half of those animals to God as a sweet-smelling Savior for the purpose of his kids being right with God. Not because he saw something obvious. Not because there was something that somebody pointed out in an office, uh, in a school office, and said, your kid's got a problem here. No, he said, things look great. And because they're going great, it scares me. And so he took over all half of all of these animals, and he's sacrificing them. And I'm sure as the kids saw this every single day, I said, doesn't dad get tired of doing that? I mean, it's a lot of work. I would never get ag-exempt land in my life, not to save on taxes. I would rather pay the taxes. I don't like raising animals. I don't want to deal with the animals. I don't want to milk the cows. I don't want to chop them. I don't, I don't care. Can't imagine Job every single day at least 10 animals and 10 of the best as the kids would watch him go out and find the best, sort through. Then he would take that lamb and you had to shed its blood. And not only shed its blood, you had to cut it up a certain way. And then you had to present it to the Lord and then light it on fire. As they saw that every single day, they thought, man, doesn't dad get tired? And what about all that money he, he is wasting? And this is something visually that these kids saw their, his, uh, their parents or Job sacrificing and sacrificing not to make more money, not to uh, advance in a career with this company, not to build a bigger house, not to save up for retirement. They said, man, dad's just sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing just in case that we sin. You can imagine in their minds, Thinking, man, every morning he's up. Every morning I smell it. I don't know about you, but the smell of rotting flesh of an animal is not a pleasant smell. Now, the Bible says God thinks it's a, a sweet-smelling Savior. But that's every morning. Those kids are waking up. It was early. I promise you, it was, whether it was summertime or school time, Job was up before. Those kids were up, and that smell woke them up every day and said, Man, Dad's at it again. 
how's your parenting tonight and consecrating your home and, and your TV and, and your internet and your speech and the things that you do every day. He said, I'm going to consecrate every single day. He said, it may be. Don't get too excited, but this is the third and final point. But we're going to park here for just a minute. He was a concerned parent, a consecrating parent. And last, but certainly not least, as I asked God to show me again, afresh and anew, God, remind me, I want my kids to turn out for God. God, intervene in my parenting. Please get a hold of my kids. I said, show me the, show me the paint codes, Lord. Just show me again. He said, I'll show it to you. Verse number five, he says again, Thus did Job continually. He was a continual parent. He never let his guard down. It was every morning like clockwork. Without fail, he was going to take the best of the best. He was going to take the time. He was going to make sure it would happen. It would never get old. He would never miss it because it was summer, because it was Christmas. He wouldn't miss it because it was a holiday or it was the first day of school. He said, every single day, I'm going to continue and continue and continue doing this. I'm not a perfect parent. I pray to God He intervenes in my parenting and my wife's parenting. She's a better parent, but nonetheless, we need God to get involved in this. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. No, I don't want to just labor and labor and labor in 18, 19, 20, see them walk out of these doors for the last time. I need God to get in all this. But I said, God, what, what can you do? What can you show me? What, what do I need to do? He said, just keep at it. Every day, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday night service, you go in that service spirit filled, whether you're preaching, whether you're not preaching, whether you're tired or you're sick, you go and you seek my face continually Every single day. It's no surprise to me that we have families in the church and their kids, their grown adult kids now, their grandchildren are in church. Why? Because we have families that have said, that's what I do every single day. I can't stop being a Christian. I'm just going to be a Christian every single day. He said, thus did Job continually. Why did he do it? Because it it may be. Why have devotions with your kids? Because it may be that they have sinned. Why give them instruction time? Because it may be. Why take them to church? Why do personal devotions? Why take the trips and send them on on missions trips? Because it may be that they've sinned. Certainly not profound, but it's simple. It's something that we need. Last thing tonight is back in verse number one. So there was a man perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Job was simply concerned with what was invisible, was intangible. He didn't live for this life, he lived for the next. You know what I think is happening? And if I can keep it short and sweet, I know you'll love me, but I'm going to have to get a little personal tonight. Not on purpose. If it offends you, it certainly wasn't my purpose. You know what I'm trying to raise I'm not just trying to raise Christians, although I need them to be Christians. I want them to be saved children. I would love, God permitting, by His grace, to raise Christians who are going to be independent, fundamental, Baptist, modest, no sleeveless dresses, no short dresses, 
my own son doesn't wear shorts. And he's a special needs kid. Now, sometimes he has no pants or shorts, but that's besides the point, okay? <laughs> you guys know who my son is and the things that he goes through every single day. I am trying to reproduce what that man handed to me and what that man is living and what that gray-headed man is living still to this day. I'm trying to, ha- I'm trying to, what I have been handed, I am trying to reproduce the same exact thing. But you know what the problem is? We are all super impressed with what's on the outside. And this is my generation, so if you're about my age, I'm just kind of having a chat with you. Who cares what people think in the sense, I'm not doing it for them. I didn't come to church because I thought you'd be impressed. I came to church because I'm saved and I love God. I know what he's done for my... For me and my life and my, and my wife and my, my family and my kids and the direction he's, he set me on. But you know what we're not concerned with anymore? It's just living clean. 24-7. On the inside and on the outside. You know why our kids, their countenance is not as sharp as, as in times past and generations past? Because it's, it's, we're not trying to continue it. But more than that, we're not living in a clean Manner where the kids say, man, it doesn't matter what we do tomorrow morning. Dad's going to be up confessing his sins. I wonder if Job not only offered those ten animals, I'm guessing he offered one for himself. I'm guessing there was one for his wife. So there's twelve right there. So if you really do the math with a little logic and some Bible, he probably offered more like 75% of all that he had just in case they might have sinned. I, I'm not a perfect parent. Like I said, may God bless those kids because there's no way I could turn out a Christian who's going to keep this going until Jesus comes. But there's definitely some things we can do. We've got to be concerned. We've got to keep continuing this thing. We've got to live clean. Now, I, I am not judging you if your kids have chosen a different path. I understand when my kids turn a certain age, they will have to make a choice on their own. I understand that. But I'm trying to put them in a position and under the influence and, and, and under leadership that's going to give them the best opportunity, the, the best uh, position they can to, to choose this thing for themselves. May God help us as parents. Even if you don't have kids, say, God, would you help me to continue this another generation Every generation is responsible for reaching that generation with the gospel. If you were handed the gospel as a first-generation Christian, God holds you responsible to carry that on. Now, if you're a second-generation Christian, there's a lot more God expects of you. Your kids ought to be the sharpest, most godly, sweet spirit, good countenance, modest, knows their Bible, just enjoys being in church and so forth and so on. Why does the world get better with every generation? There's an iPhone. Every, it's the best phone we've ever produced. What about a Christian that in humility says, this is, the, this is the best. It only got better with the second generation. Now, we used to have a problem with drinking and smoking. Now we just have a problem reading their Bibles. And now we just read our Bible and pray every day, but sometimes we have a bad spirit. Shouldn't it be getting better every generation? Shouldn't the standards 
from a first generation Christian to the second generation Christian to the third generation Christian, shouldn't they be better? I'm just using a little logic here. Shouldn't it be improving in the sense of God is still working, God can still do it, and God is still trying to do that. But I think as parents, we just, we checked out. We're not as attentive anymore. We're not super concerned with that countenance and that heart. And, and I don't see him going to the altar anymore. Man, every, you guys know this, you see it. Every time there's an altar call, I want to know where my kids are at. As they're getting older, I'm understanding they don't always have to pray with me. But since they've been super young, they will always come find me right here. So I can hear them pray and see the spiritual temperature in their life. As they're getting older, I'm giving them a little freedom. Just wherever you're at, is God working in your life? I look around for my kids. And if I see them just, oh, it's time to pray, invitations. I'm concerned. I don't care who preached. I don't care what the topic was. I don't care if it was on parenting. I want to see my kids down. You're begging God, God, make me a good parent when I get old like Dad. I want to know that God is working. But we're going to have to turn back on that switch, parents, that says we've got to get serious. Because it's only going to be a few short days since some of my kids were about 9 and 10. Dad, who am I going to marry? 10 years old. 11 years old. Dad, where am I going to go to college? We went to a youth conference. We were at the college. One of my kids said, Dad, do you think this would be a good college? Thirteen. No, this is a terrible college. You're not going to college. You're going to stay in my house until you're like 32, and then we'll start seeing who's out there for you. Hopefully Brother Rivera is still around by then. I'm just saying, man, time is starting to pass, and I thought time was passing slow when I was single, and then when I got married, then those kids were young. Now they're, now they're paying attention. And now they're doing what I do. Now they're my reflection. And so when I see a fault or Pastor Bob tells me, hey, you're a kid. Yeah, that's, that's my fault. Sorry about that. May God intervene in our parenting, but he can only do that if you get concerned about your own kids. So just a couple of simple truths. There's nothing deep. But God said... Job did this every day. What are you doing for your kids? Father, we love you. Thank you again for the time that we've had in your house. And Father, we are asking that you would now move.